So, we're in the 60s. Yes, 1963. It doesn't always feel like it, though. No, this movie really may as well have come, come out in 1958. Like, Except for a few moments. A few moments. But it it definitely is not of, of its decade. It's funny because when I pitched this movie to you, it being made outside of the production code was sort of a selling point. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a few key moments that could not have existed were this film being made within the confines of the production code. It's true. Which was already breaking down by 1963, but still somewhat enforced. Yeah. And yet the movie still feels kind of rusty. So, It's a little yeah. creaky. It's a little... Not of its time. Yeah. Not with it. There's some cobwebs. But, you know, okay. Just, like, just up top, I'll say this of it. Like... As far as straight up and down adaptations of the sort of Guinevere Lancelot, you know, end of Lamorte d'Arthur stuff goes, it's fine. It is fine. It's fine. It like, is a fine middle of the road sort of movie. It's a, it's a, other than some really key differences, it's a pretty decent straight up and down okay. adaptation of legend. Like... Now, that's not necessarily what I want. Like, right. that doesn't, it clearly doesn't make for a super interesting movie. Yeah. But, like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. As a film, like, cinematically, it is sometimes unconvincing, sometimes mildly impressive. Yeah. Mostly right in the middle there. It's just it's just an alright movie. It's yeah, fine. It, it's a fine way to spend two hours. <laughs> not mad about it. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I'm not mad I watched after, it. After last month, we'll take what we can get. Yes. It was reasonably entertaining. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, so, let's say, uh, this film has two titles. Yes. In the UK, it was called Lancelot and Guinevere. And in the US, it was known as... <laughs> Sword of Lancelot. Not I've Sword of Lancelot. I've learned. You have to be very precise about how you pronounce it. You've got it. to enunciate so it doesn't sound like Sword of Lancelot. Sword of Lancelot. Sword, Sword of, of Lancelot. Lancelot. Uh, for, you know, the reasons why they call things different things in yeah. different countries. Who's to say? But, yeah, so I'm, this, tell us a little bit I'm about... I'm so excited to talk about the person who made this movie possible. Tell us about Cornell Wilde. Cornell Wilde uh, was, a, he was a Hungarian-American actor. Mm -hmm. in, uh, in, uh, in the 30s, he was on Broadway a little bit. But mainly what he did before he became an actor, he was a fencing coach. Yeah, he was a big-time fencer. A, a big-time fencer. He was really good at it. Yeah, he was like a an award winning like champion fencer. He um he qualified for the Olympics, but quit to do a little acting role, I guess. <laughs> so you know he's already an interesting, interesting passionate, guy. strange guy. He was cast, I guess, in a Broadway production of Romeo and Juliet. After Laurence Olivier, who was producing this production, hired him as the fencing teacher, and was so impressed. By his vibe that he cast him as Tybalt. Oh, I can see him as Tybalt. Right? I can see right? that. Right? I was like, that makes sense. And 
he did so good as Tybalt that he got a Warner Brothers contract. Wow. Which is crazy. Five years after that, he was nominated for an Oscar. Good for him. So he was going up, up, up. At one point in time, he was like... He, in 1946, he was the 18th most popular star. Wow, this guy. <laughs> he was voted that way. So he was he was do, doing pretty legit. He was nominated for an Oscar for playing Chopin in a biopic called A Song to Remember. Oh, no. <laughs> which I don't think has been remembered so fondly. <laughs> no, I said uh, A Song to Forget. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was his kind of peak. Um... In 1946, he was really popular. By 1950, oh, no. he had been basically forgotten. He couldn't get a contract anymore. <sighs> he was a free agent as an actor, which mm-hmm. at the time usually meant bad news. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be in low-budget, poverty-row movies. Mm-hmm. People forget about you. You're not a You're star a- anymore. He decided to do things a little bit differently. He was like his own representation and just did random movies for like five years. Then he decided he was going to start his own production company. So he started Theodora Pictures, just named after his old acting teacher. Aww. He had also just got married at this... He had just gotten divorced. Yes. And, and then five days later got married. Got married to his co-star in Lancelot and Guinevere, Gene Wallace. Gene Wallace. And so yeah, Gene yeah, Wallace... Gosh, I wonder what happened to the previous marriage. I know. Hmm. <laughs> Gene Wallace uh, had been trying to make it as an actor and kind of struggling, hadn't had the kind of big break that Cornell Wilde had had. <laughs> they got married, and well, he was like, okay, I've got my own production company. My wife wants to act as well. We're going to star in movies together. Mm-hmm. And in 1955, they did pretty well with the movie The Big Combo. Mm-hmm. And then immediately afterwards, the movie Storm Fear... And these were both fairly successful films noir, Mm -hmm. where he was the sexy lead and she was the sexy femme fatale, and they were very sexy together. I can see that working. I've seen Storm Fear, and it basically does. Like, he definitely reads more to me as a noir protagonist than a a romantic action hero. In Storm Fear, he's like a gangster criminal type of guy who's busted out of prison to see her he was always in love with and she's married this like wimpy guy but secretly goes back to him and he's shirtless the whole time Mm -hmm. that type of energy Mm -hmm. so she after that point did not ever star in anything that he wasn't directing wow which is kind of interesting yeah and up until the 70s they were churning out every so often always a movie in a different genre and then they got divorced in the 80s right we don't know why but yes (laughs) About the time that his filmmaking career just sort of tapered off for good, they Mm -hmm. got divorced. Um, They had made, at this point, a couple of other movies. They made a racing car drama called The Devil's Hairpin. Okay. And then a kind of exoticism film called Maracaibo, Mm. which is sort of like an attempt to do a Casablanca type thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neither of those were very successful. Gee. They did what a lot of, you know, low-budget movie people did and tried to move to the UK where they made Lancelot and Guinevere. AKA Sword of of Lancelot. Lancelot. And Cornell Wilde was writing, producing, directing, and starring in these films. Mm -hmm. 
The other thing we should know about Cornell Wilde that's relevant to this film is that apparently in college he was quite the linguistics buff. Yes. Yeah, he was a big-time languages dude. So that explained to me a bit about his Lancelot performance, because he goes hard on the French accent. Yes. And, like, it's a respectable French accent, but, but it almost it, gets in the way. It made him sound to me like Peter Lorre, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it made him sound like a, a goofy side character in the movie where he is supposed to be the big, strong, dashing lead. Mm-hmm. Especially when nobody else is doing anything like that. Especially Gene Wallace, who feels sort of stranded in this type of genre film. Yeah. Gene Wallace at this point, her lo- previous movie was Maracaibo five years prior. Yeah. And, like, she's very beautiful. Yes. And so, like, that's why her casting at all works, because basically Guinevere's only job in this movie is just to be hot. Hot. I do think it's funny that Arthur keeps calling her a child mm-hmm. when she is 40. And she is very beautiful. Uh-huh. But she doesn't seem youthful, necessarily. No, she's definitely an adult woman. Like, right. yeah, you know, it's it's also just sort of a weird vibe. Like, I get it, like, especially in sort of a medieval context where it's like, yes, an older man marrying, like, But he doesn't even seem lady. that much older. No, he doesn't, but it's like, that's what they're it's, trying to imply, that she's, like, supposed to be, like, 20. Yeah. And it's like, no. No. <laughs> no, no. She no. No, no shade on her, but But she's not. She's an she's adult just woman. Not. Exactly. And she's doing her best. Yeah. She seems kind of tired. She's she's got lovely hair. She's wearing beautiful dresses. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I really enjoyed her costuming. Her costuming is nice. I, I think they spent most of the costume budget on it. Yes, because Lancelot's wearing some weird shit. And I do feel like this is also a film whenever anybody puts a helmet on. It's body double time. Yeah, we've got some full face helmets going on. And I was curious because some of the costumes and some of the sets seemed really 50s and kind of really fakey fakey to me. Yeah, a little rickety. I was wondering whether this was considered at the time a low budget movie. Yeah. I did some research. It seems like it was a $3 million film. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. At the time... Movies from this particular year of 1963, if you were making like a rom-com or something, you would get about $3 million. Mm. So it was a studio level amount of money, but not for this genre necessarily. So they, they did a lot with what they had. Yes. And five years later, Camelot had $10 million more to work with. And it shows. It shows. And I was like, the discrepancy between this movie and Camelot is about $10 million worth. Yes. But I, I, props to Wilde for doing what he did with that money. And that's why, like, I don't think you can totally write him off as a director. I mean, you can see how stretched thin he maybe was writing, mm-hmm. producing, directing, and starring in this movie. But he staged some battle scenes. He pulled it off. He it it holds together. Mm-hmm. It holds. You can see the the the, the seams sometimes. Yeah. But it but it holds together. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought for like making a big medieval adventure romance film. On the budget that would normally be reserved for, like, an effects-free human drama or comedy. People sitting in rooms. It's pretty good yeah. what they get done for that. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, this is, as we have alluded to, it's a, it's a, it's a Lancelot, one of your story. We've it's, seen it already. We've seen it. It's and basically it's, first night, like, almost scene for scene. Almost, but with a less... 
morally complicated Lancelot. Oh yeah, much. Because what you also can say of Cornell Wilde, I mean, his his ego is not uh, unnoticeable. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna cast myself as the handsomest and bestest knight ever who can beat anybody in a fight no matter what. And that's the extent of Lancelot's complexity. They sort of flirt with him becoming, like, maybe kind of an asshole in the last act a little bit. But more just because he's, like, stressed out. (laughs) It's more because... It's only because he's so nice and he doesn't want to kill his friends. He doesn't want to do anything bad and he's been in a position where he has to do something that will hurt somebody. (laughs) But you just just can't deal with it. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, and so that's one thing that is interesting because in certain ways... um, you know, it like it does feel like a vaguely reasonable nod to the like legendary character, except for the fact that one of the things that the legendary Lancelot is known for is his berserk rages, where he just goes right. sicko mode. <laughs> right. Um, and there is the scene, yeah. his escape from the tower, yes. in which he does some accidental murdering. Yeah. Um, but you know, so many excuses are made for him. Yeah. <laughs> That uh, and it, and he's just like oh he couldn't have done this on purpose like yeah. yeah 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 whereas like yeah like Mallory's Lancelot just goes full sicko mode yeah. and murders three boys like he knows what he did and I also and think this is the thing he's known for that, like Cornell Wilde is such a funny and compelling guy to me because he does think he's like the handsomest leading man ever clearly but he's... to me he looks like a character actor yeah and he sounds like one in this movie too with his accent. <laughs> But it sort of like feels like if now you cast Tony Shalhoub as Lancelot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, he definitely... Which is like no knock on anyone involved in this metaphor I've made. I mean, that's probably part of why he wanted to go do his own shit. Because he wanted to play his romantic leading roles that people were like, no, bud. Exactly. People were giving it to him, so he got it for himself. You gotta respect that. Yeah. You know, he made it happen. He made it happen. It exists. pretty much pulled it off. We're talking about him in 2023, so... uh, Something worked. Clearly. Who am I to criticize him? Yeah. But you do look at him and you think, is this the mythical guy? This is him? You know? He's the guy? He's the guy? Yeah. Now, I do like this Arthur. Yes. And he's, like, the only actor in the main cast who sort of comes from where you would expect. He's just, like... A regular, prestigious British actor with a lot of credits. Done some Shakespeare. He is like the kind of Christopher Lee of his time. Sure. You know. Yeah. He was like the stately guy who, you know, they probably spent a lot of the budget on as well. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's why they gave him some monologues towards the end. Yeah, and it works. Like, as far as like an Arthur within the sort of... Yeah. Love Triangle Paradigm, he's he's totally... Yeah. He's he's totally respectable. And, and, And I will definitely give this to him. Like, we've... We've really encountered some stinky Arthurs. It's true, and this guy is totally correct. Yeah, I think he's good. He's yeah. pretty charming. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. you can see sort of why Guinevere is like, oh, he's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> You yeah. know, like... It's, it's just funny to see him there, because you've got Cornell Wilde and Gene Wallace, who are definitely in this movie because they produced the movie. Right. And then their version of King Arthur, who they just cast. And it's like, yeah, that's the right guy. It's kind of dead on. That's a King Arthur if I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Just, he stands out. That's a classic Arthur right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Like, those sticky Arthurs that we've met are like where they're trying to do something. Yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah, yeah. No, they yeah. stink. P.U., yeah. get him out. Exactly. <laughs> this guy is just but a this guy's good. good old Arthur. And everyone else in the movie, like, I didn't even really look up a lot of the other actors because they're not very interesting. Merlin's got kind of a funny look. He's really a Merlin, huh? 
He's got them eyebrows. But acting-wise, he didn't do anything that really made me take notice. Yeah, Mordred was nothing except a guy with a bird on his chest. And I was going to ask you oh, about I, the bird. Well, and I was going to say, his name isn't Mordred. It's Modred. Modred. It what? took me a while to pick that out. I didn't notice until I was, like, looking at the credits, and I was like, wait a minute, Modred? I noticed, like, about three quarters of the way through the movie when they were just, like, saying his name a lot. Yeah. And I just thought it was, like, an accent thing. I did, too, but no, he's Modred. Modred. They also do a couple of other weird name things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Like, um, uh, 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 like... Tours or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, just, I think he's just a different guy. Um, Someone calls him Boars at one point as a mistake. Right. Well, and, and we've got, um, what's his, why can't I think of his name? Guinevere's dad. King Leodegrans. Oh, yeah. Leodegran. Yeah, I like, thought that was Like, why did they do too. that? Did, I have no idea. I have no idea. These are, again, these are just Cornell Wilde's decisions. He wrote it, too. I don't. <laughs> Search me. Modred. Modred. No. You just want to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, it's weird. But, okay, so we can go over the plot pretty fast. Because, yeah. again, we've we've been here before. Seen, and mostly the things to talk about in this movie are just, like, the weird little details. Yeah. So, up. I mean, King Arthur's Court, we get a round table right up top. It's two tables that are like parentheses. Half circle tables. Yeah. So we we've got like we've got like the hollow table thing going yes. on, but it's two halves, and it's small as hell. There's like, like room for like six people. And it's like so why is it like I get the hollow table if it's like huge, but it's really small. Like and did you notice the chairs? Because the chairs are just like foldy camping chairs. <laughs> okay. They don't have backs. They're oh, just, just like those kinds stools. that the stools that fold out uh-huh. in an X shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all they are, and it feels a little low rent for Camelot to me. Yeah, I suppose so. Or well, very simple and rustic, if that's what they were going for. Yeah, well, and I just I'm not clear when they think this movie takes place. I don't think they know either. No, it's in the Arthurian times. Because, but yeah, it's like it's a, it's an. At least it's an interesting round table. Like, yeah. It's not like, yeah. my favorite, but they're doing something. I, was, I saw it and I was like, okay. They've made a choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, the first thing that happens is that we discover that people don't know what soap is. Except for Lancelot and Mer- Merlin invented soap? Uh, and brought soap from somewhere? Yeah, I don't know. The magical cleaning properties of soap are attributed to Merlin... One of the guys thinks it's a, they walk in on they Lancelot think, in the back. He's all and foamy he's, and because he's got the play. And, yeah, and they and they're like, ah ha ha, no, it's soap. And Merlin's like, if it is a plague, I hope it shall spread through all the earth. <laughs> it's such and a it, bit. It's such a bit, and it's like, y'all, y'all, people have been using soap for so long. Like That's, since I was gonna ancient ask, times, I was gonna ask you about been, that because I thought, no way, is yeah, this right? They definitely had soap. Like, they definitely... It's just that thing where people think that people didn't bathe in the Middle Ages. I do feel like this movie does have, like, school play energy sometimes. (laughs) And that's one of those times, you know? Yeah, no, that's a stupid joke. It's dumb and bad. And they keep bringing it up. It's not just, like, a a, one-moment gag. It is a running joke. It's a running thing. But only Lancelot uses soap. Only Lancelot uses Cornel soap. Wilde really wrote this movie for himself and said, I'm going to be the only guy who's not stinky. Who's not, exactly. <laughs> Every man but me is stinky that's, and bad at fighting. That's how he starts the movie, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Modred is there and he has a bird on his shoulder. Yes. I don't know. His bird's name is Griselda. Griselda the Falcon. And he, is this is, from the legend? I am not aware of any, <laughs> any falcon. Uh, they just this is just an affectation that they have decided to give to Modred. Uh, 
who right. is um, stated in this film as being Arthur's illegitimate son. Yes. We don't know who his mother is. Yeah, it's he, never brought up. He's just an illegitimate son. He's just of hanging out in the court. Yeah, he's a knight. Yeah. Um, and we find out Arthur has asked to marry the daughter, Princess Guinevere, yeah. of uh, King Leodegran. <laughs> and uh, we get a we get an alarming message <laughs> saying Leodegran doubts his claim to the throne of England. And so he's like, "Okay, we'll do a we'll do a a, a duel." Yeah. For the fate of England and my daughter, if if you win, if your champion wins, then you're the king and you can marry my daughter. Yep. But not if you lose. And uh, so obviously, Pix Lancelot, he's the guy. He's the only guy. Yeah, he's the only guy. He's and like, please let me go. You know, he's like, that's yeah. Italian. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you must let me go. Yeah. I will yeah. fight for you, my king. It is that type of accent, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For this whole movie. This whole movie. Um, and, and thus begins the friendship between Lancelot and the messenger, Tors. Yes. He's a lovely young lad. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> Um, yeah, he goes off to do this trial by combat, um, and kicks this guy's ass. And it's, like, pretty interesting, actually. It is. Um, it's it's quite a fight. Yeah, it is. It goes on for a while, and it's pretty well done. Yeah, yeah. And then it ends rather brutally. And this is when I was like, oh, we're not in the the production code land, certainly. Mm -hmm. Even in 63, you probably couldn't be doing this in a big studio film. Yeah. Uh, and... You can tell that Lancelot is rather troubled by the conclusion of this fight. Like, he doesn't feel good about it. He doesn't like that he's done this. splitting a guy's head in two. Yeah, and, um, like, Guinevere is, like, both, like, troubled and intrigued. Where she's, yeah. like, glad he won, but also, like, oh, that was terrible. Um, they both do a lot of, they, they both give themselves, like, time to do a lot of face acting. There's a lot of face acting here. It's true. They, like, look at each other and it's like, oh. But the, the the question is decided, yeah. and Guinevere sets off with Lancelot and his retinue mm-hmm. to go back to Camelot. Um, and on this journey, they do a lot of flirting. They yep. take a bath together. He's like, here's some soap. soap. <laughs> you keep it. And she's just like, was it evil magic? Is this magic soap? And he's like, it'll make you horny. <laughs> it's love potion soap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, soap yourself up, girl. <laughs> it's really strange. It's weird. And they're observed in their flirtations yeah. by Lady Vivian. Is she a, a character we should know? Well, Vivian is another name for Nimue. So oh, I think they okay. just kind of, you know, snagged the name. Okay. But, yeah. um, because she's not Nimue. She's she's Modred's... Modred's girlfriend. Yeah, in this, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that's the name is, you know, Vivian mm-hmm. is Nimue. Meh. Yeah. I don't know. She's just some conniving bitch. Yeah. Who's like a lady in waiting to Guinevere, I guess. Because Guinevere's telling her to go get a towel. Yep. But, uh. Back at Camelot, Modred is like, <laughs> I can't let this happen. Yeah. Uh, because I want to inherit Camelot, and if he has a child with her, then I won't, I won't be the I'll, heir anymore. Yeah, I'll just be the illegitimate son. We have to do something, Griselda. Griselda, to his bird my bird, Griselda, and he hires some murderers. Yeah. To ambush, uh, the the traveling party. Yep. Um, and they give there's a big battle. 
this big fight in the yeah, woods. It's and another fairly well done fight until it ends so comedically abruptly. Yeah, so, like, it, it, like Guinevere does a little heroic moment where she, like, clocks a guy in the head with a sword and, yeah. like, saves Lancelot. And immediately she's like, oh, oh no, I, I did a thing. I hurt a guy. And he jumps off of his horse. And I swear, it's like the fight just immediately ends. That was it. That was the last bit. And, but you fight. can see some guys in his close-up, like, just sort of meandering around in the background on their horses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird. Re- it's really strange. But, uh, yeah, they sort of have a moment where yeah. they, like, are having feelings yeah. for each other now. It's he's, that. he's like, honor is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... They get back to Camelot, and at the wedding, um, he's, like, giving her away. She's so bummed out yeah, at the wedding. Yeah, she's like, hey, just, just, just say just say anything, just say anything, and I'll just call it off right now. Like, we could just not, just not do this right now. Like, I just, I won't marry him if you just tell me not to. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you not to. <laughs> she's like, and we've seen different versions of this scene. Yeah. But she is the most just, like, visibly, uncomplicatedly bummed out to be marrying <laughs> someone I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and he's just like... She's just, like, walking down the aisle, just like... Oh, please, uh. just give me an out <laughs> right. right now. Please, please. Uh, but he doesn't let her do that, and they, the marriage happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the sort of party afterwards, people are having a good time. Uh, a jester pisses off Mordred. Modred. Yeah. Uh, and talking some shit, and Lady Vivian's like, don't listen to him, baby. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, gosh, what even happens next? Some stuff. Some dumb stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could just skip ahead. Yeah, like, there's, some, there's some bits that are like... Guinevere's trying to be, like, a gung-ho proto-feminist Guinevere. Yeah, she, like, rides like a boy. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. and and she's, like, wanting to help plan the stuff, yeah. and at, Arthur's like, that's not a woman's at, oh, job. you know, at the, um, there is that moment at the, like, the party after the wedding where Guinevere, like, faints. Right. And, um, Lancelot, like, carries her upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And, um... Arthur's like, I'm gonna go be bridegroom! And yeah. it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but then when Lancelot comes back downstairs, Modred, like, talks some shit at him, like, right. oh, yeah. carrying women up to the bedchambers, mm-hmm. and they, like, start to, like, throw hands. Yep. And it gets, like, broken up. Uh, and we get, like, a skip ahead, then, to, like, they've been married for a bit. Yeah. And I couldn't tell how long, which made the movie feel oddly paced at this point in time. The implication from the following conversation is that it's, like, been a couple of weeks. Okay. Like, the conversation that happens between Guinevere and Lancelot yeah. is, like... The, it's, it's not like a lot been, of time. It's been a little, like, yeah. a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but... Is this like, when they're in that strange courtyard with the fountain? No. Not yet? Okay. So, uh, well, it's, like, up... In the castle, and Arthur's like, I'm gonna go on the hunt with oh, the men. Right, she and wants to she's go. She's like, I'm gonna go, and he's like, that's Haha, a... silly woman. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't for you. And that's she's the like, part I, was I used to of. do it, and yeah. he's like, Not this kind of hunting, <laughs> right. sweetie pie. Right. That's adorable. Yeah. But you're a very... woman. It's this, the, this movie is gender in the worst of ways. Yeah, it was funny too, because like, I was thinking they were trying to do a thing with her there, but not But really. no, they're just like, oh, isn't she precocious? Yeah, exactly like, <laughs> that. 
<laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, and so she's like, oh, but I'm bored of my ladies. And Arthur's like, I know. Lancelot, come up here and entertain my wife while I'm away. <laughs> right. right, exactly. That's it's what that happens. It's that thing. It's yeah. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so Arthur's like, bye, honey, yeah. and rides away. And they're like, so um, what we, now? Should, we should talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, hey, I missed you. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just, um, I've been busy. <laughs> and she's like, mm-hmm. well, I think we should still be friends. And he's like, okay, we're friends then. Yep. Bye. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, I thought you were going to, like, tell her stories. So, no. Right? No. No, you just walk away. <laughs> and then we get the scene in the courtyard. He's like, Which is just, like, a really fake set, I feel like. It's so fake. Yeah, we've got this, like, little garden with a fountain in it. And um, he's down there reading yep. some scroll. He's reading a scroll that's in Latin. Yes, he's reading, I think it's Horace. Yeah, and there's this whole weird little conversation that they have. Where she's about, asking him all these questions. She's like, why can't people just write in English? Which, okay. Okay. I knew, see, this was the scene I specifically wrote down. Ask Ashley about <laughs> writing in Latin slash Greek versus English. Okay. So at the, you know, historically, yeah. important documents, you know, like, respectable writing was done in Latin. Sure, okay. Records, yeah. uh, you know, the Bible. <laughs> yeah. These kinds of things were written in Latin. Mm-hmm. That was just sort of the done thing. Uh, but... Okay, this is where I'm like, when does this movie take place? Uh-huh. Because they very much talk about English and our English tongue. Yeah. There's definitely a written form of Old English. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, that's what Beowulf's written in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, um, that's nonsense. Like, there is a writing system, there was a writing system for Old English, if that is indeed the language that we are implying that they, that they speak. speak. Whether yeah. Old English. Or Middle English, There's there, writing. Is, there is a writing system yeah. for that. Now, if we are to assume that maybe what they mean is that these people are actually speaking Britonic mm-hmm. or something like that, we don't have any extant documents, mm. but there are certain, like, objects that imply right. a writing system for Britonic. We just don't really have. Okay. But it's one can you can surmise safely, that they were writing safely in surmise, it. Yes, that there was a written form of platonic. Yeah. So whatever fucking language it is that they're speaking, it's it's goofy to suggest that, that they that don't have writing. Like works of like repute weren't necessarily written. Sure. In in that language, um, a lot of communication was done in Latin because guess what? Huh, anyone who like was having important messages all spoke and wrote in latin and so you could communicate across like different mm-hmm. like, cultures and language barriers it would and make stuff. sense that that would be something that lancelot a, a frenchman would be absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely as, as an educated frenchman yeah um but i mean it, this movie doesn't know when it takes place because no. we're talking about england and it, france it takes place in movie world it takes place in movie world but yeah no there's so it, but apparently in this in, in this, this universe there's no, no written, form of, written form of english yet and, and so, Guinevere is like, what if what if we did that? And Lancelot is just like, oh, that would... That would be gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have some soap. <laughs> and he teaches her how to write in Latin. It's such a silly scene. Because she's like, well, how would you write I love you in Latin? 
And he shows her in the sand? Yeah, he, like, writes it in the fucking gravel, and he's like, and that's how you write I love you. And, and then, like, the music like, shifts, and she's like, like, you said you it, said finally! It. And then they make out. <laughs> it's so silly. It's, and we're in high melodrama here. It's so silly. Just with the sudden music shift, yeah. and, yeah, they're just, like, making it's, out. It's really silly. It really made me laugh. Yeah, so that happens. Um, yeah, uh... Uh, anyway, um, Sir, I think it was Sir Cedric. Yeah. Comes, arrives at Camelot, and he has been hurt. Yes. Um, and the Vikings have it. These Vikings showed up at mm-hmm. the wedding, and they're like, "You're horror, we're the Vikings." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, that. And Modred's like, "I'm going to collude with you." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yes, indeed, Modred has colluded with the Vikings, and oh, they are man. starting to attack villages. Um, shit's bad, and mm-hmm. they've been caught by surprise. Lancelot comes with, up with a really cool, smart, good boy plan. Of course he does. To save the day and keep Arthur safe, and he goes off on the warpath <laughs> to fight these Vikings. Of course. Um, and, and, and Taurus is gonna go with him. Yeah. And golly, it just, I just keep getting vibes. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've got a vibe between them, don't they? Yeah. They make time for, like, these conversations between them. Yeah, so they go to war, and, um, like, out, like, on their, on their campaign, um, Lancelot's like, hey, bud, I'm glad you made it to the war. Yeah. Why are you wearing those shabby clothes and armor? What his happened to that good got, shit you his, had? His mail's got, like, a big, a big hole, hole in it. He's like, it. what happened to your good armor? And he's like, oh, I was borrowing that. I'm actually super poor, and I never went to war before. <laughs> and Lancelot's like, oh, gee, bud, here. Borrow my borrow spare my armor. armor. You're gonna be great. You're gonna do great, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that is that scene. Like, I, I mean, it's weird because like Cornell Wilde is actually married to his Guinevere. Yeah. But there was more chemistry, chemistry between, between Lancelot and Tours. Well, I always think it's funny, at least in this movie and the other Cornell Wilde Gene Wallace movie I've seen, they're characters who are having an affair together, and uh-huh. she's married to somebody else. <laughs> and I'm just like, is that what I was? Telling, I mean, telling a friend about this who said, like, is that what they did to spice it up? Like, maybe. That... Well, I mean, clearly. Because I mean, obviously, like, they he, were having an affair, affair when he was married. Exactly. Like, obviously, and are they Cornel Wilde like, cheated on his wife. Enacting this in their films together. In the reverse. Yeah. It's really strange. I don't know. But it's it just, just makes, funny. It's, it's, it's And then it's he dramatic. has more more chemistry with, with, with tours. tours. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we get this extended scene of these real old-school Vikings with their Viking-horned helmets yes. doing terrible, terrible things to this village. This is another time where you're just like, whoa. Oh, this is dark as yeah. hell. Yeah. Like, they're, like, quibbling, or they're like, kill all the prisoners, and the one's like, not the women, I want them. And it's yeah. like, he's like, no, kill the women too. And he's like, no, you can't keep these women from me. And right. like, fine, line up all the women. And he's like, oh, boy. Boy, women. It's, it's gross. terrible. It's really gross. And it's so funny too because like this movie mostly is really stodgy for sixty three, and then you've got these moments where you're just like, sixty three. Oh, yeah. Um, and meanwhile, they're just like slaughtering all of these villagers, yeah. destroying the town. It's yeah. just, it's real dark. It's it's really nasty stuff. And so we're just like, yeah, Lancelot, you go fuck them <laughs> exactly. Up. And they set up this trap where they yeah. like got them like. You know, closed in on three sides, and then they're gonna light a fire. And it goes on for quite a long time. Oh, it's interminable. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't. I checked out for a while. It because it, it's just like, all right, they're gonna kill the Vikings and win. Um, it and takes a long time. It takes a long time. What I find really funny is that it's like a ten-minute long, fifteen-minute long <laughs> sequence. 
But then they do hard cut from the middle of the battle to when it's over. Yeah, the battle's just over and Lancelot's won. And it's like this really interesting cut, actually. Like, directly from the middle of the battle, fight, 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 and then suddenly dead bodies in the mud and they're like stepping over them. Yeah! And I was like, that's actually a good cut. They should have done it ten minutes before. Yeah, they really didn't need to go on. Like, at least They could have saved themselves some money and not shown as much of the fight. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But maybe they just like wanted to use all of the footage that they got. Probably so, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, the battle is over and Lancelot's like, hey, good job, Taurus. You did a good fighting in this this battle. He's like, gee, thanks, buddy. And then out of fucking nowhere, Nowhere. an arrow hits Taurus through the head and kills him. It's quite graphic. Yeah. It's like just a split second, but he's like got blood coming out of his, his eyes. eyes. Yeah, I noticed that it's too. Like, oh, Taurus! It's so startling. Our good boy. I know, it's so sad. It's really sad. And it seems to have only been for the purpose of this very next scene. Right. Which yeah, it comes to nothing. Comes to nothing other than just like more evidence against him, I guess. Like, I guess that's true cuz yeah. It's just like compounding. Yeah. So, yeah, the the the, the war boys come home and the, the everyone's watching from the parapets like oh, they're here, they're here and then they see somebody being carted in dead in Lancelot's armor. armor and they're like, "Oh no." And and Guinevere's like, "No, please, please. Let it not let be it him." Not. And then they're like, "Oh no, it's not. That's Lancelot over there." And, and she's, she's like, like Oh, oh thank God. God. And, and Arthur's like, like, what? Uh-huh. And she's like, I just, he's just such a dear friend to both of us that I couldn't bear the thought. And it, Arthur's like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It, it's genuinely, the line readings are like that. Like, it, <laughs> it's quite blatant. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I would have been pretty, pretty upset, too. too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's just like this whole fake out. And so this is like, the seed of doubt is planted. And that's what it's all there for, but what a strange and convoluted way to, yeah, to make have that happen. Yeah, this good boy Taurus. Yeah, and, and just like, all those scenes are just like this odd little subplot in the middle of this movie with Taurus. <laughs> I know. Having been Lan- Lancelot's armor and all those just yeah, it's random like a, archer out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like a Patroclus thing. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, um, Lancelot and Guinevere are reunited in their fake garden. Naturally. And they make out, and she's like, oh, I was so afraid you had died. And then um, Vivian sees them yep. making out, and she's a sneaky bitch, and she tells Modred about it. And Who tells Arthur? Modred All tells in, Arthur. like, ten seconds of montage. Mm-hmm. So, like, whisper, 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 whisper. whisper. <laughs> yeah. Um, and suddenly there's, like, rumors around the court. Like, yep. nothing has happened yet, but it's, like, a matter of time mm-hmm. before Arthur has to, like, do something. Yeah. Um, and so Lamarack, who's been around, he's, yeah. like, he was, like, at the wedding, and he's, like, I like drinking beer and wenching. Uh, he, he does about sound like that yeah, as well. Yeah, that's just his whole deal. Um, he's, like, hey, bud, hey, I just want you to know. Whatever the fuck I'm, you did, yeah. I'm, I'm ride or die. Like, yeah. I don't care. We're pals. Genuinely. Lancelot's like, I should I should have never expected anything else from you, Lamarack. My my weird, sought friend. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, so here's what we're going to do, man. We're gonna we're just gonna get out of here. You and me, we're gonna get some horses. We're, gonna, we're just gonna go. We're gonna go to Brittany. This is all gonna blow over. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> and Lancelot's like, you know what? That's probably my best move. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. sounds like fun. Sounds like a good time. Bro, road trip. Let's do it. Exactly. And Guinevere's like, hey, what about me? What are you talking about, yeah. guys? <laughs> and 
Lamarack like starts to try to like come up with a lie. Yeah. And it's like, she heard everything. <laughs> Just go away. I'll talk to her. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> he's like, okay. Um, and she's like, yo, you were just gonna go? And he's like, well, I would've said goodbye. And she's like, oh, good, you would've said goodbye. Right. Um, and she's like, hey, at least come fuck me, okay? (laughs) Yeah, Like, she's like, if you gotta go, you have to come. Visit my room tonight first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... That's, I mean, that's what they, she's like, you have to come fuck me if yeah. you're going to leave. Yeah. Uh, and so um, there's this really kind of sad scene where, yeah. where Guinevere is like, just like having a nice evening with Arthur and like chatting with him and being like, oh, Modred sucks, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I beat his stupid bird. <laughs> Here, drink your sleeping medicine, honey. You yeah. go to sleep. And he's like, hey, I'm just really stressed out right now. And I just, I really would love it if you could like do something to make me feel better and she's like don't worry sweetheart i love you and everything that you're more stressed out about is gonna, gonna go, away. go away tomorrow yeah it's like thank you darling i'll drink my sleeping medicine and go to bed yeah and it's like, oh god i mean like Ar- arthur's gotta get cucked but like and also he knows what they're talking about in that scene as well like mm-hmm. it seems like he knows yeah because when she's like it'll all go away tomorrow he- he's just like Thanks for taking care of it, you know? Yeah, like, like yeah, it's sad. So, uh, yeah, like, I feel bad for this Arthur. Yeah. He's, you know, he's one of those, he's, like, it's a little bit like the Connery Arthur of, it's just like, yeah. he didn't do anything wrong. And then later on, with his, like, monologues and stuff, you feel really bad for him. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, um, Lancelot comes to Guinevere's uh-huh. room and... They have sex. They have sex. Okay. Now, this is the thing I gotta tell you. Yeah. So, the the version that I watched... Yeah, so we both watched this on YouTube. We watched it on YouTube because that's where you can find it. There's a yeah. lot of uploads of it. Most of them suck. Yes. But the one that I watched... Yeah. ...was censored. That's crazy. And it cut out the whole love scene. <sighs> So he comes in and she's like, I love you. And he like comes and smooches her and he's like, I know you do. Cut. Hard cut to him leaving the room. And I was like, that was <laughs> weird. That feels like something was missing. Uh, That's crazy. So I had to go and watch a different upload of it afterwards to like watch this love scene. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even a love scene. It's a no, post love scene. It is. But but they're they're shirtless enough that you yeah. can tell what they You see happened. the tops of their shoulders. Yes. And he, and Which like, for the 60s was really And And they something. Like, do like make reference to the fact yeah. that they just like had sex. Had sex. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's kind of a crucial scene where, she, it is. where yeah, it's like yeah. their last goodbye. And it's yeah. like a big deal. And I was like, hey, you just cut this. Yeah. This was a really weird edited version that I watched. Um, yeah. So, so they, they have sex and then he tries to sneak away yeah. and Modred's boys ambush him. He fights his way out and accidentally kills Gareth on it's like his the, way. The one scene really where we get to see Cornell use his fencing yeah, skills. it's pretty fun. Yeah. We got this whole fight in this tower. There's some good. He does a big jump. A big jump down, down the, the staircase. And, yeah. and and a really funny bit where he pushes a guy out a window and the guy screams in a really funny way. Mm-hmm. Chucks a guy down the middle of the tower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty decent as far as like that scene goes. It's a pretty good one. It's a yeah, good yeah. One. Um, it's definitely like in its mode. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's exciting. Yeah. And he manages to um get away uh and he and, and then we just kind of get like now mm-hmm. like 
Arthur and and his guys are like laying siege to uh, Joy's Coast Guard, yeah, Lancelot's castle, mm-hmm. um, as Lancelot and uh, or no, wait, we've got we, first we've got the whole Guinevere rescue. Yes, that's right, that whole bit. So yeah, they, they like they come for Guinevere, and she's like, oh no. And they just, like, are burning her at the stake. And then Lancelot and his boys show up and or, yeah. rescue her. In there, we've got a big monologue for Arthur where he's like, One of I those regret ones. things have gone this way. Yeah. I wish uh, I could do something different. I loved them both so much. How yeah. could they do this to me? And it's that. a really long scene. And it's good. It's good. But it's that speech. Oh, and that's why I noticed those little foldy chairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think there's a really interesting shot of, like, or a couple shots of the, the, the spectators who've come to watch her be burned. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, it's like a whole crowd. One's like eating some kind of snack. Yeah, some like dirty old man. <laughs> and he's just like, "Aha! Somebody's being burned today." Other other people are like, "Oh, this is terrible." Or they're like whispering to each other. It seemed like one person was like maybe like placing bets or something. Like, yeah, there's really a lot strange. going on. Which you know, I do wonder if this movie with the so- like the dumb stuff like the soap thing and whatnot was trying to make some kind of like we're aware of historical oddities mm-hmm. thing. That just reminds me of this like running bit through the whole movie of the guy who loves ringing the bells. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> weird these too. Weird bits throughout yeah. the movie. Just the bell ringer guy is like, <laughs> yeah, time to ring my bells. <laughs> he yeah. loves it. He loves ringing the bells. <laughs> there's, and there's like a lot of the extras are just like very goofy and eccentric like that. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of silliness. And in like, there's just funny line deliveries from extras like. The guy who comes up to tell the group that Modred is in that way at the beginning that mm-hmm. um, Lancelot won. Mm-hmm. He's just like, Lancelot won. They're going to be married. Oh, I've got to run and tell the king right away. And he's <laughs> like at that speed. And then he <laughs> runs away, rides away. Like almost as if they had ADR'd the line in and they only had so much time before he rides off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. funny things. There's weird little silly bits. But yeah, so we have the, the, the rescue traditional bit. Yeah. rescue from the fire. Now uh, we got the, the yes, siege. Besieging Joyous Guard, and um, you know, back in in the castle in Joyous Guard, things are strained between Lancelot and Guinevere. Naturally, she has taken it upon herself to be some kind of a battlefield nurse. For yeah, the men who are fighting for them, and they have a little bit of a fight about yes. it, and he's just stressed out. And she's yeah. like, "I might as well be a nun." And like, oh no! <laughs> it's really weird. She's like, ever since. You rescued me. We don't have sex anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm really stressed out, honey. <laughs> exactly. It's really odd. And it's like Arthur and Gawain have both challenged Lancelot because yeah. Gareth, who Lancelot mm-hmm. killed, is Gawain's brother. Yeah. Uh, and like every day, Gawain rides up like, you fucking coward! <laughs> Fucking fight me, you little bitch! Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Lancelot <laughs> just stands up there like, I deserve this. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. genuinely. He, he has a fight with Lamarack, who's like, yeah. hey, bud, it's all right. Like, this is all bullshit. He's like, don't make me yeah. feel better. Yeah. I feel bad. Um, but it, it was like, you've got to make things better. Like, you've gotta, you got you haven't accepted their challenges. And he's like, okay, like, I'll fucking fight Gawain if you want me to fight Gawain. It's a really strange... This is where I thought she was kind of trying to do the femme fatale thing. Yeah. Because it basically seems like she's just saying, like, she's just like, well, what, what, why not do it? Why not fight them? And he's just like, okay. I guess so. I guess I'll do it. Yeah. So it, it's weird, though. He's like, yeah, I'll fight Gawain. 
And then just an abrupt cut to It's the really a funny over. cut and, and Lancelot has won. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm not going to kill you. Go back and give Arthur this message. Yeah. It, he drips blood on his face. He's got like a cut on his cut head. On his face, and he strips and it on Gawain's face. Yeah, Gawain's like, fuck you. Yeah. Kill me. And he's like, I'm not gonna. And then there's a really other, there's another really funny cut of Gawain having, delivering the message. Yeah, and then suddenly cut to yeah. like at Arthur's tent and he's like, all right. Here's what Lancelot said he would do. Here are his terms. Um, Some really like just like and they have like this whole argument. Comedy smash cuts in this yeah. movie. Very strange. Yeah, like all of the sort of war boys have yeah. like an argument about what like what to do about Lancelot, and Arthur's like, I don't, Merlin, you're not, you're being quiet. Like, what should I do? And Merlin's like, Just remember, you're the king. And he's right. like, Oh, you're right. I'm the king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's like, okay, we'll accept Lancelot's terms, and um, cut. Yeah. To uh, uh, in Joyous Guard, Merlin has come as a messenger. Yeah. Um, and Guinevere's like being really, really shiny, and like it's she's so like hostessy. It's weird. But she also says something. I think in this scene, she says a phrase, and there's a couple of times where the dialogue feels really modern to me. Yeah. But this one particularly, she says, no offense, Merlin. Yeah, I know. That's so funny. It's, 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 that, that cracked me up, too. Yeah, it's just, weird. She says, no offense. No offense. I didn't even realize people in the 60s were saying that. No offense, Merlin, but yeah. And, and she also calls Arthur a dealer of roasted women in the marketplace. Which, like, oh, that's <laughs> And that's, sick. like, right after the no offense thing, and I was like, the dialogue is, like, all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But she's, like, doing this weird, like, backhanded yeah, friendliness exactly. thing. exactly. Which is actually pretty fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's entertaining. Um, but she is in under, under a misapprehension about yeah. why Merlin is there and what Lancelot has offered. Yeah. She thinks that they're discussing the terms for a duel between Arthur and Lancelot, yeah. but actually Lancelot has decided to give himself up right. um, without a fight if Guinevere will be safe. And yep. so Guinevere gets all pissed off. And She's like, that's not what we said. Merlin's like, happen. I'm gonna let y'all... To work that out yourself. Yeah. You just... Yeah, I'll just leave you to it. Um, and they have a big fight about it. And he's like, yeah, so I'm gonna be banished. I'm gonna go back to Brittany. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna go hang out in a convent for a while. And this is really our only option. What's really weird to me is that he's like, well, Modred will just kill Never, Arthur yeah, and like, then it'll all work out for us. Yeah, like, things are not going well for Arthur besides us. Like, I give him a couple of years. <laughs> he does say that. Yeah. And, he's, and then we can be together. Yeah, when you're a widow and it's not my doing. <laughs> he does say those words. And I feel like as much as we've seen this story before, this is the first time we've had a scene like this where Lancelot is just like, It'll work itself out. Yeah, listen, we just gotta be patient, babe. Like, you go hang out in the convent. Such a callous uh, thing on his part. Which is weird, because this is supposed to be, like, a really gallant Lancelot. Well, later he feels bad about it. Yeah. But only after it, like, happens. Uh-huh. It's really strange. So, they have sort of a... And she's like, when do I go? And he's like, tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. you're working... This is it. Um, yep. And they sort of have their, their, like, last tearful night together. Naturally. Uh... And uh, we get, like, a time jump. Yeah. Lancelot and Lamarack have been in Brittany for, like, a year. A year, yeah. And they're just hanging out, like, oh, any news from England? No, I don't know. And they, like, go to a tavern, 
And Lamorak's like, gee, I'm horny. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> it's really funny to me, this whole scene, because the scene is in, like, French, in actual French. Yeah. It's like, okay, Cornell, you, you just flex a little flex. bit. Flex, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and... The, Lamorak is like, well, I don't know if I know enough French... To, to, like, to get with this gal. And, and he's like, you know enough. He's like, you know enough for what you need. <laughs> and he's like, all right. And he just goes to the back room. Just follows her to, away. To, to seduce this lady, I yeah, guess. It's, it's really to get strange. him out of the way, I, I guess, I guess, but it's really odd. Because then Lancelot is alone and Gawain arrives. And is like, hey, buddy, I am not mad at you anymore. Just up top. Everyone died. We're cool. Um, I know you didn't kill my brother on purpose. Anyway, Arthur's dead. Merlin's dead. Vivian's dead. <laughs> it's so... It's, Logan's taking over. I is, need your help. <laughs> it is that speed with no buffer. Yeah, it's wild. It's so fast. It's so fast. Um, just like, what? Arthur's dead? Yeah, off screen. This <laughs> like the most unceremonious yeah, dispatching of Arthur I've ever, ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Like, he was such a big deal and, like, a great character. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, Mordred just assassinated him. Just like you thought. Yeah. Merlin, just like you said what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dead. Merlin's dead. Merlin's dead. Vivian poisoned herself once Mordred was, like, yeah. done with her. Yeah. God, poor Vivian. Right? Uh, Brutal. <laughs> and, and, then, and then, and then Lancelot feels bad he's like, to oh, his credit. Man. He's like, well, I know this is what I said would happen, but it still sucks. I don't sucks. like it. Um, and, and Gawain's like, hey, bud. You and me, we're all that's left. Let's go kick Modred's ass. Yes, <laughs> I need genuinely. your help. And so, yeah, they go and yeah. they do a big war with Modred. And it's yep. a big, 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 a long, big, very expensive long, looking fight. Long, expensive battle. Lots of men, lots of horses, lots, lots of, of arrows. Bows. Yeah, just... A lot of people getting shot with arrows and there's quite a lot of blood. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very long battle. And, and at the end, conveniently, Modred kind of rides away. Lancelot so follows him. They can and fight we at get a secondary the fight location. That is the traditional Mordred Arthur fight. Yes, but, but it's with Lancelot, Lancelot this time because you know Cornell Wilde wanted to give it to himself. It's like I've never seen anyone do that before. Just fully steal yeah. Arthur's thunder. Yeah. Well, you know, if anyone was going to, like that's the thing that Arthur does. Yeah, but not in this version. And, it's and not only, not only. Does does he he take the fight for himself? But he just soundly wins it. Like very easily. Arthur and Mo- Mordred kill each, each other. Each other. Um, but Lancelot just fights and this, kills. And this this bit <laughs> might it, I got a strange tinge of familiarity from it. <laughs> Uh, in another sort of easy fight that you might remember from another Arthurian film. Yes, one we haven't covered yet. Yep. Yeah, he just hacks Modred's arm off in the stupidest looking way. That. Well, okay, and here's the thing. In the version I watched, <gasps> it was blurred out. No. And I was like, oh, they blurred it. I was like, okay, so this version is definitely censored. censored. And that's what made me decide, like, I have to go find another version yeah. and watch these bits that were yeah. definitely um, censored in this funny. one. Yeah, they blurred it out, so I was like, gosh, what am I missing? And then I went and I watched it, and I lost <laughs> my mind. Like, they it's so silly. It's, it's the so silliest, silly. fakest dismemberment I've ever is, seen. It is clearly a fake arm. Like, you can see where he's gonna hack before he hacks. You can see his actual shoulder <laughs> in the gap after he <laughs> hacks it. <laughs> Bad. And he doesn't even get all the way through it. He it's just gets like, like long, most of the way. And then the fight is over. He's won. It's really weird and sudden and silly and bad. Yeah. And then we just cut to the convent. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and and that's Lancelot's pulled that. up to pick up Guinevere. Like, yeah. all right, babe, I'm back. I like how the, 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 the mother superior or whoever it is is just like, remember where you are. Don't don't get don't handsy. Do some shit, yeah. <laughs> they keep their nuns behind bars. Genuinely, yeah. Pretty modern looking prison bars. It is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like, all right, I'm going to go get her. You have to leave at sundown. You have to leave at Vespers. So I'm yeah. like, let's keep it quick. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Guinevere comes out and she's like, dress as a novice. And he's yeah. like, what, what is this? And she's like, I'm a novice. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm not too late. All right, babe, you go get changed. Let's go. And she's like, no, I'm going to be a nun. Yeah. And she's like, I hope you can understand. But like. I found solace in God, and I have to be a nun now. And he's like, well, I'm pretty fucking bummed about it, but I guess I get it. Bye forever. And that's the end of the movie. That's it. Oh, well. Oh, too, well. So, so, too bad, so sad. So, like, there's some choices. The last shot is interesting because it's got that cross in it. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, like, the opening shot of The Hateful Eight. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Which is funny because apparently Quentin Tarantino likes this movie enough to have shown it at his movie theater at one point. Oh, okay. If you go on Letterboxd, that's what most of the reviews are from. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he feels some some respect for Cornell Wilde, the filmmaker. And he probably likes that it's a little gory at times. Yeah. <laughs> in its way? Yeah, in its, in its way. For 1963. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's, you know, not all choices are successful. But it tries. It tries it does some try. stuff. It does try some interesting stuff. And the, and the music is really good. It's a sad little theme that they play a thousand times for the, the <laughs> two of them. The guy who composed the music hmm. did two other Arthurian music scores after this. Hmm. He did the scores for a Sir Gawain and the Green Knight adaptation. That we're probably, yeah. And also for Unidentified Flying Oddball. Oh, which is also on our list to do. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll see, we'll see him again. He likes working in that Arthurian mode, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Hmm. So... We have um, we have covered these things before in in depth. Yeah, I, I just to like kind of go back over like the highlights of what's really relevant yeah, to this let's, movie. Let's so the uh, the the romance between Lancelot and Guinevere was introduced by Cretti and Detroit, mm-hmm. our boy in the 12th mm-hmm. century, um, but was really like expanded along with Lancelot's whole deal in the Vulgate cycle, also known as the Lancelot Grail cycle in the 13th century. Um, but the interesting thing that this movie has done is introduce Lancelot as having been at Camelot before Guinevere. Yeah, I thought that was different That is unusual. unusual. Um, yeah. Uh, the Vulgate Cycle uh, as well as, um, uh, Lamorte Arthur has mm-hmm. Guinevere in the court before Lancelot arrives. Interesting. Uh-huh. So, like... It's, you like, know. A somewhat arbitrary, but... Well, it does change the vibe, because it's, yeah. like, doing it the way that Wilde has done it. Mm-hmm. It sets it up as, like, Lancelot is Arthur's guy. Yeah. And then this woman comes in and sort of yeah. changes the atmosphere. It's true. Instead yeah. of, Arthur has his bride, and now this new man has arrived. That's and definitely, like, in Camelot, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's this guy, he's going to shake everything up. Yeah. Here, it's Guinevere shaking everything up. And so it's it, it does sort of change the texture. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think if we're thinking about, you know, these are people who creatively started out in film noir. Mm-hmm. The woman shows up and now and everything is thrown everything. into chaos. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, 
as we have seen in other films, the uh, arrival of Lancelot is often followed by the abduction of Guinevere by Meliagant. Right. That's nowhere to be nope. seen here. Mm-mm. We've skipped all over that. Um, Guinevere kind of disappears from the middle of the movie because of all that Viking stuff. Yeah. She goes on just, for a really long time. Yeah. Well, that fight just goes yeah. on for the longest fucking time. But... Yes, as we have seen before, um, and as this movie does, and I think a lot of other... I, I don't know that I've seen an adaptation actually do this before, mm-hmm. is the the murder of one of the Orkney boys by yeah. Lancelot. Yeah, that that's, a come new, up. that's a new detail. Because that's that's a big part of the whole end of, you know, that we've got the Vulgate yeah. Cycle and the Lord Arthur that do this, where um, in his escape, Lancelot now in, uh, in Legend... He kills three of Gawain's brothers, oh, aggravating wow. Harris and Gareth. They needed to simplify yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. Totally. Yeah. Honestly, kudos to them for keeping that detail. It's one of the more compelling little subplots, because the actor who plays Gawain, like, he sells his grief pretty well. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um, and it just, like, adds more stakes to the whole conflict. Yeah. Uh, now, this... A detail that this movie leaves out is that... Mordred is also a brother of Gawain. Oh, interesting. Because they are all the sons of Morgos. Oh, um, right, right, right. Mordred is the son of Morgos and Arthur, right. whereas um, Gawain, Agravain, Gaharis, and Gareth are um, King Lot's sons. Okay. But, uh, you but know. Who the, who the, 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 the mom is uh-huh. is not even Not even stated in this, in this movie. Film. Um, but essentially they're still functioning in the way that they do yeah. in Mallory, where yeah. Mordred and Gawain are the ones kind of, like, driving Arthur to right. have this conflict. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's like, it's not just something that Arthur is feeling within himself, but these external forces are saying, like, you have to take action on this <laughs> right. thing because of what they did. Right, yeah. Uh... So, yes, and then Lancelot rescues uh, Guinevere from the, the pyre, yep. all of that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, in some versions, Agravain is, is killed, uh, like, at the execution. In some mm-hmm. versions, he's killed at the escape. But either way, like, Lancelot murders one of these sons of... One or more of these sons mm-hmm. of uh, Morgos. Um and uh, <laughs> of course we diverge yes though from there you know we've got like you know the besieging of of joyous guard for a yeah. few months which and is where then, camelot ends i want to say right yeah because yeah. it's just kind of known like this is how it has to play out yeah and, like we all we're all real sad about it and we wish we didn't have to do this but this is the way it goes right like, we can't escape what we have done yeah um but yeah and then like you, you know the escape of uh, Lancelot into France and all of that is like in yeah, Mallory. Okay. Um, uh, Guinevere becoming a nun. Um, because I feel like that's happened in a couple of other. Yeah, films. you know what? No, I don't think that that is in Mallory. Interesting. I don't think that's there. I think it's like pretty convenient. Now I think maybe T. H. White decided oh, that one. Okay. That might be something yeah. later. Yeah. Um, in like uh, the Ilform Night. Sure. But I don't know for sure, because I haven't read that one. Yeah, it makes sense. But, you know, the whole thing with then, I you know, in, in Mallory, it's like while Arthur's off doing war on Lancelot that Mordred, like, decides to 
take the throne. He, mm. like, claims that Arthur has died. Oh. Um, okay. And is like, I'm king now. Arthur's dead. And they're like, really? He's like, yep. Don't check me. Um, <laughs> and he sure, just, like, yeah. decides to, like, make himself king. And so Arthur has to go back and fight him for, the, for the throne. And, yeah. Um, and this is when Gawain, like, gets over. <laughs> right, right, right. The right. fact that his brother was, brothers were killed by <laughs> Lancelot. And he's like, hey, we gotta tell Lancelot to come help fight. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, like, a little bit different. But, like, the details are roughly there. Up until the point... Where Lancelot fights Mordred and wins comically Right, easily. at that point, Arthur is still alive because mm-hmm. he has to have a simultaneous death blow with Mordred. Classic. That yeah. whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, the thing that I'm actually also interested in talking about here because he, yeah. he never comes up, and I don't know that we'll ever see him come up again, Oh, is our friend Sir Lamorak. Oh, yeah. Because Lamarack is one of the Knights of the Round Table. Okay, and we don't usually see him in the movies. We almost never see him in the movies. Okay. He, now, there's a good reason for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the cycles, um, he basically is just second fiddle all the time. He is, sure. in fact, considered to, uh, like, Mallory refers to him as Arthur's third best knight. Dang, <laughs> After okay. Lancelot and Tristan... I don't know if that's where you want to be, a third best. I mean, like, if you if you got to be after than... Lancelot and Tristan, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, he's the third best. So he's like he's like great, but also not that important. Not that important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not that important in this movie either. Yeah, he's just he he's vanishes, a sidekick. He, he goes off to have sex with the, it, the tavern maid and never returns. Never returns. <laughs> he I enters think, and exits the movie very suddenly. Yeah, I think he. Um, I think he settles down with her, and they have a beautiful life in Right, right. She teaches him French. Nice. Uh, Good for him. But yeah, he wasn't, like, popular. He just kind of was, like, a sidekick character all the time. But he does have one interesting thing about him. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, Lamarack is one of the sons of King Pelinor. Oh. Our good friend Pelinor. I remember that name. Uh Uh-huh. He was one of the earliest allies of Arthur. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, also, and Pelinor was also the father of Sir Percival. Okay. Uh. Well, we've now talked about it at length. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, Lady Dindrain. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so Lamarack is Percival's brother. And, um, the most interesting thing about Lamarack is how he dies. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. So way back in the whole, um, early days of Arthur, um, Pelinor was Arthur's ally and King Lot, the husband of Morgos, was his enemy. He was one of the kings fighting against Arthur and his claim to the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, and in one of those battles, uh, Pelinor slew King Lot. That yeah. is how King Lot died. Okay. Uh, like a decade later, um, Gawain and Gaharis kill Pelinor mm-hmm. in retaliation. In, in, in revenge for killing their father. Naturally. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Lamarack, Pelinor's son, is just also a knight of the round table with lots of sons. And um, he has an affair with Morgos. Oh, boy. He has sex with their mom. Oh, The son no. of the guy that killed their dad oh, has an affair with their mom. Oh. And they, uh, Gaharis actually walks in on him. Are you kidding? <laughs> really? This is some soap opera 
shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he catches him in the act, um, and immediately kills Morgos. He just beheads his mom. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And, um, Lamorak gets away, um, and, like, kind of disappears for a while, mm-hmm. and then shows up at a tournament and, like, explains what happened to Arthur, um, and the king's like, hey, well, I can, like, protect you or whatever, <laughs> um, and, like, we'll, I'll make sure that there's, like, a truce, because I don't yeah. want this blood feud in my yeah, court. Of course. And Lamorak's like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't accept that. <laughs> like, I can't let, I can't let you do that. It's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> So Lamorak, like, rides away. He's just like, I just wanted you to know what was up, but I'm leaving again. Okay. And the boys decide to follow him. And they ambush him on the road. And um, Gawain, Geharis, Agravain, and Mordred um, fight him all at once. Whoa. For hours. And then Mordred ultimately uh, stabs him in the back. And then uh, Gawain beheads him. And that is the end of Lamorak. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about that. That's insane. <laughs> yes, it is. And on this podcast, we, you know, we, we try to cover as diverse a range of films as we can on this subject matter. We try to but, find them. But you tell me things then. Or I'm like... <laughs> so in this way, he's just like the sidekick. He's just like a bumbling dude. Why can't they be making movies about this kind of crazy thing? It's wild, right? It's beyond wild. Yeah. It's like the one thing about Lamorak is this insane, weird blood but feud. It's just like he's on the run because he had sex with their mom. He got walked in on. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then they just kill his ass dead in the woods. That's just... I. I got nothing else to say. Yeah. It's just shocking. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. Shocking. Yeah. Never would I have guessed that he had such a, a story. So I, I was glad to have the chance to share that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not sure special. that there will ever be another. He may never appear again. He may never appear again. Certainly not I mean, with the level of prominence that he has in this movie, such as it is. Compared to some of the films we've watched, really props to Cornell Wilde, the screenwriter, for just having read this stuff. He clearly read Lamorte Darthur. To include this guy at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, the fact that he decided to make uh, it about soap and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, strange, but at least he did his homework. Yeah. Yeah, he knows it. I mean, he, he clearly Cornell Wilde was an educated guy. Oh, very much. About all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. I want, the, I want a movie about Cornell Wilde. And this is what I think. That there should definitely be a movie about Cornell <laughs> Wilde, and especially about Cornell Wilde and Gene Wallace, because what a thing yeah. happening there. Yeah. Cornell Wilde, every single other movie that he's made as well is weird. He he made a movie called Shark's Treasure. This is the last movie he directed. Guess when it came out? Hmm. 1975. Oh. Within months of Jaws. Oh my gosh. And he claimed that he'd had the idea years ago. And he wished that Jaws wasn't coming out so people <laughs> wouldn't make the comparison. I mean, you know. And I'd almost believe him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Being I, the I, guy who he was. Yeah. And so I was just like, we had to see this this interesting guy's movie. Yeah. About and Lee you know. And I think it, it was worth our time. Definitely. And, I, and it, like, as sort of like a, a historical thing, because, yeah. like, 
it was outside of the crumbling studio yeah. system, the to, code, and like the Universal like acquired it. Yeah, and released and, and, like, it. He did some stuff. He was like, yeah. I'm gonna take advantage of the fact that I'm not beholden to this system. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little bloodier. I'm gonna make it a little sexier. Yeah, exactly. And he did as that. As much as he could conceive of, you know, or anyone making the film could conceive of at the time. Mm-hmm. He was working with talented people. I was looking But he was people. working in a genre that I think was on its way out. And you can tell, because it feels creaky at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the cinematographer for this movie. Oh, not like a decade after this about was working on the wicker man mm. and at this time was somebody nobody knew yeah i can see that and so it's like clearly you know he has an eye for talent mm-hmm. and he's picking these people up and giving them gigs mm-hmm. where they can be somewhat creative there's some really strange edits in the movie yeah where you're just like so this editor was thinking yeah. You know, yeah, that, it always... that hard cut to the body in the water. It's really interesting. It's striking. Not all of the hard cuts work as well, but it's just, it's just, it's a choice, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, the cut to Gawain's face. Yeah, just... with blood dripping on it. Yeah, it's crazy. something. But I think that's probably all Yeah. Uh... Yeah, all that there is to say. So, we've got a real treat next month. Yes. It's going to be the end of the year. We We're... like to do something special and good for the something end of the year. Something special and good and this is Really special and really good. This is like the best one. This is the one. Yeah. This is it. This yeah. is, the this is the King Arthur movie. Yes. We're watching John Borman's Excalibur. 1981. Let's go. If you haven't watched it, you are in for such now a treat. Now is the time. Watch Especially it. if you're into Arthurian legend. Which I don't know why you're listening to this podcast <laughs> if you're not. not. So if you haven't seen it and you're watching, you're listening to this podcast right now. Now is the time you gotta do it. to to give yourself the gift for of, Christmas. Of John Borman's Excalibur. Yes, enjoy. Um, it, it's going to be a little bit maybe more intense than some of the movies we usually talk about. Yeah, it's a it's, whole. It's it's R rated. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> but you know, as we've uh, as we've seen from prior episodes of this podcast, there is reason oh, why yeah, an, uh, an Arthur a, a real why. solid Arthurian movie. It's the one. Yeah. It pulls no punches. Yeah, it's fair to say. it is an adaptation of Lamorte Arthur, and and it's done with great panache. Yes, we're excited so, to talk about it. Yes, as you can tell. So until then, we love you. Stay safe. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this film broads production. Please subscribe and review where you listen, and find us on Instagram and Twitter as Film Broads Pod. Our theme music is Holding Out for a Hero by Hildegard von Blingen and Whitney Avalon. <laughs>